What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com or any other podcast sites you go to. If you have the option to leave a review and recommend the show, please do that. And of course, extra special thanks if you do things such as that. Alright, it is part two of the top 100 albums of the decade, according to me, myself, and I, your pal Joey here at Rock Strikes 10. Took a long time to make this list, as you may well know. If you don't know, then please go back to part one. Start at number 100. What are you doing here, coming here on part two, acting like you heard part one? No, go back and listen to part one, if you haven't. And we're continuing on here. I feel like I talked so much on the last one, I'd like to get to the music right away. Just excited to do the show for you here today and play you this excellent music. Get your pens ready, get your Amazon wish list ready, or especially your record store shopping list ready. That's that's the most appropriate way to do it, right? All right, let's get it on. Uh, Number 90. Coming in at number 90, a record that I liked quite a bit. And I'm going to say this a lot. I might say it. 10 times on this show or 90 more times throughout the rest of this 10 parter Uh, this was a hard list to do everything on here is great so i'm not going to try to qualify too much and just say that these are really strong albums and you should have them all so coming in at number 90 uh, is a band i've been a fan of for quite a bit it took me a little while a little later than most of my friends coming up in junior high and high school to get into this band but once i did i was uh, definitely big on them i am overdue to see this band live again and they just don't seem to come around very much to my neck of the woods which is very strange at least over the last decade uh, but it was really hoping that they would come through for this latest album that they put out. Talking about Rancid, one of the Bay Area's finest in punk rock. Uh, it's uh, It seems like over the last decade and change, maybe the last 15 years or so, it's been like every other album hit it for me with Rancid. Uh, but they do have some strong material, that being said. Troublemaker, their latest one here. Uh, was my favorite album of theirs probably in the last 15 years. I'd say easily. Uh, There's some killer jams on there. It's also what you would expect from Rancid, but I think just the writing and the approach is just a little bit better. And taking a couple of chances, which is something they don't do a ton of, but I remember actually tuning in to the SiriusXM interview that they did when they were promoting this record and saying that this song I'm going to play you here and my favorite song on the record it was a tribute to their favorite glam rock bands from the 70s. Uh, they singled out bands like the Hello People, or Hello, depending on where you come from. 
and uh, even talked about uh, Ace Fraley's 78 Kiss solo record as a means of influence for them. And they were like, we could have done a whole record just doing this kind of stuff. I kind of wish they had, but I hope they have a few more of these to put out because uh, I'd be very interested to hear them do some more, you know, kind of, and Slade was another band they pointed out, of course, Slade and The Sweet. Uh, these are old school British rock glam stompers right here, and uh, this is a fine tribute. It does the genre justice. Uh, so here you go, kicking off part two in a super strong way. This is Rancid with Bobber Rock and Roll. <laughs> We got your boots on for that last one right there uh, from their ninth studio album called Troublemaker. That was rancid with Bover Rock and Roll. Uh, like I said, I hope their tenth album uh, does more of that great stuff right there. That album, uh, fun fact, that album was produced by the great Brett Gerwitz 
of Bad Religion fame and Epitaph Records fame, of course. So, yeah, I think maybe that little extra bit also helped out. Uh, So, yeah, good stuff all around there. Moving on to some more rock and roll, and definitely a band that was influenced by glitter rock bands from the 70s, no friggin' doubt about it, uh, was the darkness. And thankfully, the rock gods were kind to us and gave us a darkness reunion earlier in this decade, putting the original lineup back together, and I think they came back swinging real hard. Uh, it was my favorite darkness album of this current run here, the, the album Hot Cakes, their third studio album. If maybe One Way Ticket disappointed you, and I don't know why it would, I liked One Way Ticket, uh, but this one is even better. I think. Hotcakes. Go get it. This is such a fun, up-tempo track. Always puts me in a good mood and wakes me up quite a bit. My favorite song off of Hotcakes. This was a tribute to their drummer at the time, who was getting over a breakup. This one's called She's Just a Girl, Eddie.
right. She's just a girl, Eddie. Uh, actually, the Eddie in question uh, is not their current drummer anymore. Their current drummer is uh, Roger Taylor's son. I, I forget his name, actually. But yeah, Roger, that Roger Taylor from Queen. Uh, but that was The Darkness with She's Just a Girl, Eddie, from Hot Cakes. Their third album, produced by Justin and Dan Hawkins, the Hawkins brothers, and co-produced by Nick Bryan. And another really fun fact, as I'm getting into the nerdy production notes here, a mixed buy credit for Bob Ezrin. Yeah, there you go. What did that album sound so damn good in that little extra way? Love it. All of that is classic rock right there. And uh, uh, maybe even going back further than classic rock, we're going to go here for number 88, one of my favorite comeback albums from this decade. And uh, the title says it all. The album is called Good Times and the band is The Monkees. So there was uh, the germ of the idea to put this album out. I don't know if it was before or after Davy Jones passed away, but I'm really glad they did this record, especially now in light that Peter Tork is no longer with us. Very sad. One of the more tragic passings of this decade, in my opinion. But it was really cool because all this material here, you will see if, when you look through the credits, people that wrote songs for them in the past as well as uh, people that grew up listening to them, like fans of this band that have some uh, stroke now in the business. So you've got like a Harry Nilsson ride on there, but then you also got a a writing credit from Rivers Cuomo. And and actually, the balance of the album is really smooth. So uh, the whole old school versus new school thing doesn't really have an effect. It's classic power pop in that monkey's tradition. So it's just a fun record, and it is good times. It was really hard to choose a song on here, uh, because the, the two that I like really well are actually like just polar opposites. But uh, I'm going to go with this one here. This song mostly contains lead vocals by Mike Nesmith, uh, but also Mickey Dolenz comes in there in the middle. So my two favorite members sharing a vocal track, which is very rare. Plus, it's just a great tune. So here you go. This is the Monkees with Birth of an Accidental Hipster.
right, the monkeys. Yes, the monkeys. Here they come. And they put out an excellent album this year called Good Times. That song is one of the more out there kind of songs on the record. Everything else is pretty straightforward, even though that not and not that that song's not catchy, but it's definitely kind of a deeper psychedelic alternative kind of thing. But they also did those songs uh, in the '60s as well. A lot of people don't realize that. Kind of like the Beach Boys in that sense. There's some dark stuff out there, but people just haven't heard it all that much. That song was actually co-written by uh, two fans from a slightly newer school. And by newer, I mean uh, guys from the 70s and 90s, respectively. So it was written as a co-write with Noel Gallagher from Oasis and Paul Weller of The Jam and The Style Council and, of course, his own solo stuff. So it uh, made for a great song, so I, I back it. Oh, and by the way, I, I am, I'm trying to give those official stats. This was their 12th studio album, and it was produced by the great Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne, the bass player, and he also played bass on most of the album and co-wrote some of the songs on the album as well. I'm a fan. All right, getting back into some more new school right here with the Black Keys coming in at number 87, their seventh studio album, El Camino might be my favorite album they've ever done like that one in brothers which i played on part one so this is the first repeat artist of the top 100 this is their last appearance on the countdown uh, but uh, i think like i said el camino and brothers are probably their two best albums that being said the other albums they put out this decade term blue and and uh, i think let's rock is that what it's called the latest one shit i, I don't have it in front of me here but their latest album is really good too it was hard cutting those other two off this list but I, you know, like I said, it was painstaking right there. But getting back to El Camino, their seventh studio album, another Danger Mouse Black Keys co produce and it just really hit me. And much like in what Rancid did, uh, they went a little glam on this record, and to very successful results for my ears. I'm sure most of you out there have heard Gold on the Ceiling which was later covered by what was obviously the inspiration for it, The Sweet. Yeah, and of course, we've all heard Lonely Boy. That's a great jam. This is probably still my favorite overall song on the record, so I'm going to play it for you right here. Very surprised this wasn't like a proper single. I know it got launched along with Lonely Boy when the album, you know, was getting promoted, but I don't know why this one never really took off, but it's just so good. It's just got that sound that I really dig. So here you go, coming in at number 87, the Black Keys album, El Camino, and this song right here, Run Right Back.
right there you go some black keys for you right there run right back from the album el camino hope you enjoyed that just a good driving record man it's just got that thing and i, I really dig it uh here's one that you might want to put on in the car during a traffic jam or if you're going really fast it's one or the other so you got to have some metal in your car so we're going to get back to the heavy metal here with one of the great heavy metal bands of all time my second personal favorite of the big four it's really hard to rank that one but i think they're my second favorite especially as far as catalog goes uh so the great megadeth returned with their 15th studio album called dystopia and the last uh, few megadeth albums have been completely lacking for me i just feel like they've been very uninspired so as an actual real fan, I'm not going to give you that bullshit like, oh, it's their best one since Cryptic Writings. No, I've been listening since then. So it's their best album in about a decade. So there you go. Real fan right here. I hate those blanket statements where they go, where they, where they dial the review as far back as they can. They're obviously not paying attention. Like, how could you say, like, if you love Dystopia and you think it's great heavy metal, which I do, I don't see how you could be like, oh, it's their best one since Cryptic Writings. No, it's their... If you're going, like, really nitpicky, it's their best since System has failed. And that's the farthest you can go back, in my opinion. Anyway, that all being said, album was co-produced here by, of course, the leader, Mega Dave Mustaine, along with a guy named Chris Rakestraw, and uh, just put together a great sound, some quality material right here. Uh, you know, Dave's interesting. I know he's kind of, I, I, I've long called Dave Mustaine the Dennis Miller of heavy metal which at one point, his, uh, his political leanings, I would have followed him into the sun. These days, not so much. But the thing that I dig about uh, the lyrical content and the music that he puts out is it's almost like if you have that South Park brain where you are 50% that way and 50% the other way. It, it speaks to both sides. <laughs> it's like it's, it's telling you the world is shit. So no matter what administration is running things, it's kind of shit, right? Like, especially lately. So, that's the thing about dystopia. Like, it, it could just as easily, from Dave's mind, and from what we all know about Dave, he's probably talking about the last presidential administration, because of course it came out during that. But it totally works in this one as well. So, hey, uh, Mega that still makes music for everybody. Just stay away from the interview trail. Anyway, getting back to the album itself, dystopia... I'm just going to go ahead and play the title track uh, because I really like the callback to Wake Up Dead right there in the middle. I think it's a callback to Wake Up Dead or maybe Hangar 18. But both of those, of course, are some of their greatest songs ever. So why wouldn't you want to do that? Uh, so here you go. Mega Dave with Dystopia.
Every time I introduce a Megadeth record on the show, I always picture David Letterman introducing him with the logo flying at the screen. I wish I had that uh, visual right now for all of you. But anyway, that was the title track to Megadeth's 15th studio album, Dystopia. As far as where I'd rank that in their catalog, probably somewhere in the middle. Not bad at all. Really like it. I always like when Megadeth references Fear, because I like that MD-45 record. They do a cover of Foreign Policy on there, so go check that out as well. Like I said, just get the album, because it's really damn good. One of the more quality metal albums of the decade, because, yeah, it's on this list. All right. All right, we're at about the halfway point here. Need to recycle the ears a little bit, because we're going to switch over styles again. So I figured it's it's high time I did the halftime show, like I did on the last one. So we talked about albums from 2010 that are really good that I cut off the show. Now we're going to get into some of the albums from 2011, or 2011. I'm not quite sure how you say it. I'm being a little redundant here, but hard albums to cut off of the list. Polar opposites, such as Weird Al Yankovic with Alpocalypse and Tom Waits' Bad As Me. I really enjoyed both of those albums. They literally scored the same amount of points when I did the ranking system, so go check both of those out depending on what your mood is. Uh, Also, a band that definitely gets taken for granted in their own community, Whitesnake, the album Forevermore. Pretty damn strong album. Not enough to make the top 100, but I would definitely recommend it if you've been any kind of fan of them in the past. Uh, sadly, I only liked about three quarters of the final Beastie Boys album, and I freaking love the Beastie Boys, but the, the three quarters that I liked were really good, and they even threw on a couple of those punk rock jams as well. Uh, so Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, it's a sentimental favorite, um, but yeah, just proof positive I wasn't fucking around on this list. One of the great comeback albums of the entire decade, just missed the list, The Cars, Move Like This, really liked that album. It's definitely front-loaded on the first half of it. I definitely thought it was at least 80% good, and I was surprised at how, like, had that cool, modern, yet vintage sound to it, and they pulled it off so well, because even in their day, they sounded futuristic, but now they just kind of sounded with it, you know, if that makes any sense. Uh, One of my favorite new rock bands, a band called Wildlife, and you might hear from them later on here in the Top 100, they put out their very first album, a self-titled album, and it was it was pretty darn good, but they're definitely still figuring themselves out. Not a bad debut. It's very respectable, but much like George Carlin said in the last line of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they do get better. Uh, another cool band from California, another punk rock California band. I played a lot of those on the show here tonight. But Social Distortions, Hard Times, and Nursery Rhymes. Pretty damn solid Social D album. I think it scored at least 80% when I rated it, so very, very super respectable. And I know the Macedon fans were not big fans of The Hunter, but I thought The Hunter was alright. Not as good as the two that followed it, but I think still definitely worth your time. So there you go. There's a little quick synopsis of the really cool, overtly decent albums that I cut off of the Top 100 that came from the year 2010. And now, back to the countdown. Getting back to the more traditional rock and roll, more of in the garage-slash-punk-glam kind of sense. Gonna go with Imperial State Electric. One of my favorite modern bands from the Sweden area, the guy Nick Anderson, who started off, speaking of metal, started off in a metal band. He was the drummer for Entombed. Then after he left that band, he formed one of the great garage bands of all time, great punk rock band, the Helicopters. Get into them if you don't know them, Helicopters. And they broke up a little over a decade ago. Then he goes and starts this new band, Imperial State Electric. So every time he started a band, they've gotten a little bit poppier and poppier. 
which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I grew up in the era where pop wasn't a bad word, uh, but I really like what this band is doing as well. A little, obviously, more glam rock. And with All Through the Night, I really like it, but they're definitely leaning more into almost like a traditional Americana thing as well, without losing too much of the balls. So I'm I'm totally fine with what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I, I know I play this on the odds and ends, but they put out one of the best live albums of the decade, too. So go get that as well. But until then, check out this great track from their fifth studio album, All Through the Night. This is Over and Over Again. Imperial State Electric right there with over and over again from their fifth album, All Through the Night, number 85 on the top 100 albums here of the decade. Also produced by their leader, Nick Anderson, while we're talking about it. So glad I got to see the Helicopters live in their last ever Dallas appearance. Imperial State Electric, I don't even think has even been to the States yet. I have not heard about them playing any gigs, like even in like New York or Los Angeles. I could be wrong about that. Maybe they even played South by Southwest once. I don't know. What I do know is they haven't toured here yet. Uh, Hopefully they can get on some sort of bill uh, that'll make it worth their while. Because, man, I would love to see that show. And I guarantee you, it would be the best, like a a three links or something like that. Anyway, moving on. Somebody pick up this band. Uh, They'll they'll blow your ass off the stage. You got your work cut out for you, I guess, if you have them open for you. Seen tons of clips of them online. By the way, you Kiss fans out there, you can go look them up on YouTube. Doing a really fun version of Kiss's Take Me. All right, speaking of acts I've also seen live, uh, albeit not as the solo artist that he is now, uh, but this is a guy named Scott Sorry, 
And I first met Scott, I think around 03, 04, somewhere around there. So Mr. Scott Sorry here had the unfortunate task of having to replace Nikki Six in the Brides of Destruction. Now, what happened with that was, you know, Nikki was touting this new band and this was his new thing and he had moved on from Motley and put out this really cool album that I really dig, Brides of Destruction, Here Come the Brides, and went on tour with them, playing clubs and stuff, and all of a sudden the Motley reunion comes up and he fucks off back to Motley, which I hated, and left them high and dry, and they got this guy, Scott Sorry to uh, replace him, who I never heard of before. But when I went and saw him live, man, the guy had such great stage presence. You could tell he was having a blast on stage, and it was just one of the great shows I've ever seen. So it was like Scott and uh, London Legrand, Tracy Gunn, Scott Coogan, they just killed it that night. And, as a bonus, uh, on rhythm guitar that night, Ginger Wildheart, who will definitely work into his story and this Top 100 a lot later on here. But getting back to Scott, yeah, I met him after the show. He was a super nice guy, and I even told him, dude, I did not miss Nikki Six tonight. You were badass, and I meant that. And, you know, of course, who's not going to be nice to someone that tells you that, I suppose. But I've always supported anything that Scott's done since then uh, because, I guess, he met Ginger on that tour. He wound up being a wild heart later on on a, a couple of releases and uh then he started his own solo thing initially it was called sorry in the sinatras and now he just puts out stuff under his name scott sorry so i say all that to tell you coming in at number 84 is scott sorry with his first solo album under said name the album is called when we were kings uh produced by jonathan wyman and it's just a straight up cool ass rock and roll album it's really hard to find I, I don't even have a physical copy of it myself. I had to download it off of iTunes at the time. But I recommend wherever you can download this, probably on Bandcamp, Apple, you know, iTunes, whatever. Just buy the album. It's super cool. If you love traditional rock and roll with a punk rock edge, you're going to love it. And check out this clip right here. Uh, here's the opener from the album. This is Broken Hearts and 45s. I've been counting the scars on the back of my hands. The blood of Radio 
Scott Sorry with Broken Hearts and 45s from his solo album, When We Were Kings. I know that Scott had been going through some health issues in the last few years, and I haven't heard anything bad lately, so that's good. But uh, if you want to, like, find him on Twitter or something, uh, you know, if he ever uh, is needing some medical money, if you have a few dollars to give, send some over to him because he's a really good guy. I do not beg for money on my show for me, but I will do it for a friend. All right. Sticking with great traditional rock and roll with that great garage sense. Moving on to another act that I saw this decade, at least this time, with NOLA. I think one of the best rock shows I've ever seen. Definitely one of the better ones. Uh, you know, I put it up there for sure. We still talk about it all the time. Is We went out to Houston uh, for my three concerts and three days marathon. Right in the middle there, uh, we saw the Biters uh, over in Houston in this like really fucked up like restaurant bar club thing. It was a mess, and uh, if you heard Tuck and Ricky on the show last year, or actually a year and a half ago now, talking about that show and how shitty the club owner was that night, <laughs> so you can kind of tell just hanging out the vibe in a place, but I'll tell you what, all that made for a great rock and roll show, great energy on stage, and then uh, the opening band that day just blew us away as well. They were called The Cry. And uh, there's already been a band called The Cry, like back in the 70s. But So when you go look this band up, you do have to put the exclamation mark at the end. So it's The Cry. So a uh, band from Portland, Oregon. I remember talking to them after the show, being like, what's it, what's it like in Portland? You don't sound like anything that comes out of there. It goes, yeah, it's not good. Because <laughs> we're not stupid hipsters that stare at our shoes. So it's tough out there. And uh, I feel bad for them. They should move somewhere that would appreciate them. Even if it's overseas, I hate to say that, but uh, they're still uh, they're still together and they've got a couple of albums out. And so uh, I say all that, once again, to say this, coming in at number three is this excellent uh, rock and roll band, kind of a punk rock version of the Bay City Rollers. Uh, that's how I like to describe them to people. So here's the cry from their debut self-titled album. And the song is Waiting Around. But I'm, 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 I'm still going for a little lost in the wall 
there you go. Waiting around. Great pop rock song right there. A little bit of punk and snotty, you know, trash edge to it as well. I really dig that band. That band is so underground and unknown right now. I'm not saying I'm so cool for playing them. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of saying that. But, uh, yeah, I don't even hear that band like on Underground Garage on Sirius XM. They got to get with the program on them, too. Maybe help them out a little bit. Hell, maybe they could even sign them. They have their own record label. So, yeah, I'm calling out little Steven Van Zant in the Underground Garage to do something with the cry. Make them at least cult superstars, at the very least. I would love that. Putting it out there right now. Good album. I wish I could find a physical of that. But uh, before we move on... I I am doing those notes. This was the first album by The Cry. It's their self-titled debut. It was produced by John Nelson. All right. Do you like Professional Joey with some notes? I don't know. I just wanted to kind of represent these albums in the best possible way. I'm not using a ton of notes, but you can tell when I look down, right? Okay, great radio. Moving on here to number 82, the second to last song on the show tonight. And uh, speaking of people I've seen live... Actually, just kind of looking through here, I have seen every band on the show tonight live. How cool is that? I, I, I can rarely say that, actually. You know, and, and of course, one of those shows where I play the same artist. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to... It's definitely not the last one. The last show, I... Uh, let's let, 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 tell you what. Let, I mean, you hear me look through the notes here. All right, so this is kind of a weird recap. So we recapping what we... Uh, Alice, Black Keys, Slayer, Mastodon. I didn't, I've never seen Gojira. I've seen Brian Adams. And then it was Sharon Jones. I saw Sharon Jones. I haven't seen Airborne, but that will change this year. Hoo-hoo, just bought tickets. I've never seen Foxy's Exam and I saw Prince. So, yeah, there you go. I didn't see every band on the last show. Now I'm going to have to keep track of that damn thing. I'm going to do that every time now. Now it's in my brain. I can't help it. So speaking of bands that I've seen live... <laughs> like I said, every band on this list. That's really cool. I'm still like just uh still very much humored by that. We like shows. Okay. So this is a band that I first saw and I saw them with Nola the first time I saw them and she had seen them before. She was a big fan of this band and I got converted that night by seeing the band live because I wasn't much of a fan at all actually I wasn't not the complete opposite but I just wasn't seeking them out I I didn't have any problem with them but like I said this band will win you over live if you go see them talking about a band from Wichita Falls Texas Bowling for Soup Uh, speaking of pop sensibility they've got it in spades of course they've got the humor Uh, people call them pop punk whatever you want to call them but they're super fun and I, I love them and I gotta say, like, you know, they're not, you know, nobody really buys records anymore, especially as a whole. And uh, they sold a bunch of records in the first decade of this century and even got a Grammy nomination out of it. Got the cool Disney Channel gig doing the music for Phineas and Ferb. But all that being said, the albums that they've been putting out this decade are probably their best top to bottom albums. So they, they kind of have like a second career going on here where they just put out records and they tour and they just they're just good writers they're kind of underrated in the writing sense and you know even if it's just simplistic as something as a party song but i think they do it better than most people do kind of a lost tradition is the you know rock anthem party song especially from a band that could potentially have a mainstream hit with it you know even now uh so i I wanted to play this song as kind of a way to be like hey isn't it dumb that you've never heard this song on the radio because, yeah, it's, it's dumb. You're going to say, like, man, this is an anthem. So here you go. Bowling for Soup, still writing anthems, and coming off of their eighth album, Fishing for Woos. This is Saturday. Saturday. 
for soup there with Saturday from their album Fishing for Woos which came in at number 82 of the top 100 albums officially here for Rock Strikes 10 of the last decade. Hope you enjoyed that. The album was co-produced by singer-guitarist writer Jared Riddick and Mitch Allen who I believe was the singer for SR-71, if you remember that band. Uh, also, I noticed looking through the credits of the album, one of the songs I almost played to represent the album was a song called Girls in America, and that song was co-written by Jarrett, uh, his friend Linus of Hollywood, and Tommy Henriksen, who's currently in Alice Cooper's band, a guy who has been known to be a, a song doctor in the past, you know, writing pop songs actually before he became a member of Alice's band. So a little extra fun fact there for you. 
never seen Jared out and about at one of the Alice shows, so I wonder if he's just kind of not hanging out in the crowd like he is sometimes. I don't know. I do see some of the members out and about sometimes when we go to different shows, and weirdly enough, uh, Chris Burney, one of the guitar players of Bowling for Soup, was at a Christmas party for uh, my wife's job last year that I went to. It was over in Denton, where most of them live, and he was just bar flying at the whole night. So he was, I guess he's regular enough that they didn't kick him out for the big office party to come through, which I loved. I just, in fact, Chris Bernie was hanging out all night drinking, hanging out with his dog, who they had a dog bowl for on the floor. I try to sprinkle in fun stories here on the show. I hope I do a good job and you are at least somewhat entertained by all of this. Getting to the last song here of the night, and officially number 81 of the top 100 albums of the decade. This one actually is from 2019. It's this band's 17th studio album. But they're not that old. I mean, you know, they're punk rock, but they're not, you know, they're, they're elder statesmen of punk rock, but they're not old still. You know, they're not heritage rock. But I'm talking about Bad Religion, one of the bands that's been doing it for the longest and still doing it better than most, in my opinion. And. You know, I talked about this on the last episode. Actually, with the the last song we played on the last episode, it was kind of the same thing with what's going on out there today. And and uh, man, yeah. So it's good to have some punk, good punk rock out there, saying all the things that I think. So I agree with it. So as you could tell, uh, it's kind of a loose concept album <laughs> on this current presidency. So if you're not down with that regime, you definitely want to go pick up the latest Bad Religion album called The Age of Unreason, and even just off the lyrical tip, the band still rocks harder than most bands, just super cool. Their albums always sound great. Uh, it's produced by a guy named Carlos De La Garza, who actually is known for producing pop bands mostly, but the guy has a hell of an ear because he turned out a great record with Bad Religion, which is funny. I mentioned that Brett Gerwitz produced uh, Rancid's album, but he didn't produce this one, so I guess uh, brought someone else in there to kind of edit and be an actual producer and not a dictator over the band. I, I like that. You can kind of tell that he's a good dude for doing that, too, because why else would you uh, want to pay that extra money? You know, <laughs> That's what I think when I think about things like that. But anyway, regardless, as Randy Brown would say, let's get to the music. Once again, coming in at number 81 from the album The Age of Unreason. This is Bad Religion with Big Black Dog.
Closing off part two of our epic 10-parter, counting down the top 100 albums of the decade. The official Rock Strikes 10 list done by me, myself, and I. That was Bad Religion with Big Black Dog from the album The Age of Unreason. A lot of good garage rock and punk rock on this episode, uh, but we have even more variety to get to on these later episodes, so I hope you join me here on cnjradio.com. But, uh, you know, we're doing it a little different now, so I don't have to do the plugs. I'm going to kick it over to Nola. I'll see you guys on the next one. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cat Willow an extra treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast, with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash Spacebeard Band to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.